0: Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to share with the rest of our listeners, you just go and submit it as show prep, and then other listeners will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike whatever it is that you've suggested. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. The most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the website. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. All right, so 1-800-259-9231. Many of you may uh, recognize Andrew's voice from our Sunday uh, Internet-only edition of the program. I think this is your first time on during the week? Yeah, on the actual radio. Right on. So uh, welcome aboard. Although uh, I had an interesting experience today. Just kind of in the, the world of the radio business, uh, I call radio stations all day long. It's That's the thing that I do. I try to get free talk live on more radio stations all across the country. And affiliate I, relations yeah, is the title. Yeah. So I called one of our existing affiliates, longtime uh, affiliate, one of our longest running affiliates, uh, WVNA in Florence,
1: Alabama. Today. Uh-huh. Yep. We've had great ratings out of there.
0: And, yeah, it was just a routine call where you know I was just kind of checking in on them, following up on a technical issue that uh, needed to get resolved. And it turns out they've got a really big technical issue where their satellite dish has uh, – something has happened to it. It has been severely misaligned in some way or whatever. It cannot receive anything. And a lot of radio stations rely on this one satellite that has like every single program on yeah. it. Rush yeah. Limbaugh, Glenn Beck. Michael Medved. All of these people are, you know, they're all up there. Free Talk Live. We're all on the same satellite. The
1: ABC satellite, right?
0: Uh, no, there's different uh, companies that lease time on the same satellite. Okay. What's the satellite called? Uh, it is called, let's see, AMC-8. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, so something had happened to their dish, and it pretty much knocked out, I mean, with the exception of their, I think they've got a live and local morning show, with the exception of that, it knocked out the entirety of the radio station's programming. So everything that wasn't on site? Was no good, correct? Yeah, because they're pulling down Limbaugh and they're pulling down Ed Schultz and they're pulling down you know Beck or whoever else. Sure, I, I don't have their lineup in front of me right now, uh, but it, it's just all gone. And so they contacted the like the big time radio syndicates, like these mega conglomerate corporations out there that uh, that do most of the talk. Like, help us syndicating. They said, Yeah, hey, we're your affiliate in Florence, and we can't connect. So could you give us uh, an internet con- they uh, said, feed? They said where. <laughs>
1: Who? What?
0: So, so yeah, so they said, you know, we're here and uh, and we need some assistance and we can't uh, get your satellite feed. Can you hook us up with like an internet feed? That's not hard to do, right? I mean, who, what radio show these days doesn't have an internet connection and is streaming some sort of audio? Of course, most of these uh, talk shows offer subscription services on their website where you can pony up, you know, 50 bucks uh, a year or eight bucks a month or something like that. And receive their show that way. And so the program director there, Brian, he calls up these big conglomerate syndicates, the guys that syndicate Limbaugh and uh, Ed Schultz. And he asked them, you know, is there, is there an emergency stream that we can access as one of your affiliates?
1: And they were told no. Oh, let, let it, uh, we're going to have to talk to our lawyers about this. Uh, the stream's really only for end users. Uh, if you were to broadcast it, that would be a problem from a policy standpoint. Well, right. Uh, there
0: is this some weird rule
1: about uh, some commercials. Like, I don't understand it. It's some legal. As I understand, thing. Uh, right. As I understand, like, here's the way commercials go. On Free Talk Live, when you buy a radio commercial, you own that radio commercial. Or we have some other arrangement if we use our voices. If you use our voices, it has to be on our show. Or or we at least have to give you the okay to play it on something else. I don't care if you play my commercial somewhere else. Well, that's fine, uh, <laughs> okay with me. But I just, I, I just want to make sure that we're not getting played, uh, you know, on, on you know, the U.S. Army show or something. So anyway, um, the the what happens here is is that different people have different setups for the, the voicing of a commercial. The guys with the big voices that have the the big names they they want to get paid every time that ad airs. Really? Yes. So, they so get, crazy. That's why um, this is the this is an issue. This that's
0: is a, a crazy intellectual property, and, and it is, is. And so that means they have to have all these tracking systems, yep. right? To where each radio station has to verify that they ran a certain commercial, <laughs> in order to make it so these people have some idea of what they have to pay these the talent. Yeah. It's not like like what when you have like when you buy advertisements with Free Talk Live, you can just come to us with your own commercial. Or free talk live will make it for you. Yeah,
1: right? sure. We have 100 percent production, right? and
0: so there's a there's a fee involved, an extra fee if we need to pay somebody
1: like Zeus, who's our big voice guy, to come in, or, yeah. or somebody else, you know, maybe a female voice. Well, or, all production you know, it costs us something, but I mean, there can right. be more or less depending on what you want. I mean, but, if you if you want that awful commercial where the uh, the man and the woman clink their uh, uh, the silverware over breakfast and then talk about what a great home roofing company or whatever you have, uh, we can do that, but it's we're gonna have to pay that man and that woman because neither Ian and I. can't act and it wouldn't be very appropriate.
0: Yeah. And either way, you still have to pay for the production time and all that. But once you pay for the spot with Free Talk Live, you're done. It's a done deal. Spot's produced. You don't get charged every time the commercial runs uh, for a talent fee or the, the talent doesn't get paid. I mean, you get paid
1: we, you pay us. For right. If you want a big name to voice your ad, then as far as I'm concerned, you should pay that big name to voice your ad and then you should have that ad. I think it right. just makes it easier for everybody than trying to figure out what the average quarter hour listenership of um, is in a given time slot when that ad played so that you can then give the uh, uh, whoever it is a little extra money. I mean, if you want, you know, uh, you know uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of some big name. Who's the guy who did uh, uh, Darth Vader?
2: James, James Earl Jones. James, Earl, James Jones. Earl
1: Jones. You want James Earl Jones to p- cut your ad? You should pay the guy ten thousand dollars. That right should be there, the end of it upfront. And right, absolutely right. So
0: anyway, that's just a bunch of nonsense. All this legal crap that these people go through. And so he asked them if they can provide them an internet feed. They By said the way, no.
1: Our ad production is one hundred dollars. Yeah. So does that uh, buy you multiple slots, or do you that's pay per the slot? Production. That's just the production of because the ad. Then you the will ad. then own it, and then it costs. Uh, you know, depending on how we place it and things like that, it costs different. Ways, but okay. $100 to produce the ad. Now, if you like I said, if you want voice actors and things like that, it costs more.
0: Right. So uh, so he's told no. I mean, this is an emergency thing. Right. He's going to fix the satellite dish by the end of the week. This is just a temporary thing. What's the big deal if it's just a temporary thing? Right. To save your affiliate from having dead air. Uh, nope. Sorry. I can't do that. Well, so then he asked, well, can, you know, maybe I can get a VIP club membership for all my hosts and get online and take your stream that way. Would that work? You know, kind of like hook me up with your, your VIP thing, the little m- monthly membership thing. Just give me that for a little while and I'll, I'll use that. No, nope, Sorry. You can't do that because our network commercials won't run there. See, these guys can't even apparently play their network commercials during their, or on their internet feeds. So they're blanking them out or playing music or something like that. I don't know what they're doing there or running promos or Maybe something local spots possibly? Well, not not on their internet feed. That would be like Rush Limbaugh running local commercials yeah. on his 24-7 feed. So they say, no, you can't do that because our network commercials won't run. And a network commercial is essentially the Free Talk Live commercials. So like when you're, if you're listening on a local radio station, you hear commercials that come from us mm-hmm. and come from our network that provides us to the radio station. And then radio stations run their commercials called Locals after that. So the network says, no, nope, sorry, you can't do that. And so Brian says, well, your network spots aren't running now. Because <laughs> I'm not running your show. And the response, and he says the affiliate reps are very nice, but the response was essentially no, I can't authorize it, I'm sorry, plus some of that content is uncensored, and you wouldn't want to air it anyway. Alright, do you have archived shows that I can use? No. It's crazy. basically what it all came down to was these networks told or at least one of the networks told him the only thing he could do would be to install an ISDN line at his studio so he could connect via ISDN to the network and they would provide him a feed over an ISDN. Now, you can't get an ISDN done in, inside of 60 days. No way. Yeah. So there's just no way that's, that's going to happen. So they talked to me. And uh, I said, "Well, yeah, of course. Come on, here, (laughs) here's our archives. You got a radio station.
1: We'll help you get some audio content for that." Yes,
0: is the answer. Now, how can I make this happen? Right. So, yes, here are our archives. We gave him the special affiliate uh, archives. I even gave him a link to years worth of uh, you know our regular listener archives, which of course are commercial free.
1: But I said, "Look, here, grab these too. If you need, go back, play something
0: (laughs) for three years. It's important.
1: Keep your airwaves going. Play something.
0: Right. And then, actually, I gave him a link to lrn.fm." With Ernie Hancock and anti war radio, and he put them on the air today. So, Liberty Radio all day long today in Florence, Alabama. I just thought that was a cool story. So, intellectual property be damned. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Grab as many of our shows as you like. It will cost you absolutely nothing except the time it takes to click. On those links. So go to freetalklive.com. Enjoy that and know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI.
1: Yeah, SACL CAI. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections or accounts receivable, SACL CAI could handle that for you. They, uh, they are a business that's uh, done this. They've got, what, 35 years in the business doing uh, collections, early out billing and purchasing charged off receivables. They know that Your customers are important to you, and they treat them with respect. It's SACLCAI. CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's a uh, great one. And it's to top of the right-hand side of the page. All right, so 800-259-9231.
0: You can take control of these airwaves. Let's go to you. Your thoughts coming up. News about ecstasy as well as so-called pre-crime, you know, the movie with – Was it Tom Cruise Minority Minority Report? Report, Where they're figuring out what you're going to do before you do it and just going ahead and arresting you before you get around to it. Oh, yeah, and you couldn't put your
4: vehicle in manual mode or control anything. Yeah,
0: so uh, that is uh, coming, uh, apparently. So we'll jump into that here in a moment at 800-259-9231. In fact, here it is. The Raw Story, rawstory.com. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has begun field testing new technology designed to identify people who intend... To commit a terrorist act nature reported that the dhs has been conducting tests of future attribute screening technology fast in the past few months at an undisclosed location in the northeast the technology uses remote sensors to measure physiological properties such as heart rate and eye movement which can be used to infer a person's current mindset According to a privacy impact assessment released by the DHS in 2008, because they care, the DHS is concerned about your privacy. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they're asking you to pull down your pants at the uh, local airport. The technology is intended to measure a person's malintent, that is, the intent to cause harm. Quote, behavioral scientists hypothesize that someone with malintent may act strangely show mannerisms out of the norm, or experience extreme physiological reactions based on the extent, time, and consequences of the event. The FAST technology design uh, capitalizes on these indicators to identify individuals exhibiting characteristics associated with malintent. The Department of Homeland Security has claimed accuracy rates of around 70%, but some scientists have questioned the results. Tom Amarada, a psychologist in the Investigative Expertise Unit at Lancaster University, told Nature that even having an iris scan or fingerprint read at immigration is enough to raise the heart rate of most legitimate travelers. Oh, gee, why is that? Well, why, why, would all the, why would someone make a statement like that? People are having their heart rate raised by all these security checks? I thought this was supposed to make them feel safe.
4: Yeah, could it be all the guys standing around you yelling at you to get in this line, do this, do that, bend over, pull this down? <laughs> get your into
0: your
1: pockets. Sorry, you still have your belt on. Yeah,
0: shoes off now. That could be a factor, or maybe there's also this looming fear that, oh, I don't know, they might be in that 30 percentile that gets misidentified or whatever gets picked out uh, for a secondary screening and molested, you know, extra molested, or, or perhaps taken into some sort of side room where they are locked in a cage for hours. I mean, we've heard all of these stories before, and I'm sure a number
1: of travelers have heard them as well. Some people are just, you know, that way about tests in general, right? I mean, so you, you're gonna, if you have a checkpoint, they're going to be concerned about it. So I I think that all this technology could really do is look and see if you're more likely. Now, that doesn't mean even if that you're um, more likely than not, just more likely to commit a crime because of your eye movement or heart rate or whatever it is, which means that there's going to be the same people over and over picked up, the same people that has propensity to have, you Mm -hmm. know, rapid eye movements and higher heart heart rates, especially in these circumstances. Boy, and I hope you're not going on an important business meeting where you're you're getting ready to uh, get like you're running
0: late or you're getting ready to give a presentation that you're kind of, uh, you know, a little excited slash nervous about. Maybe you're going to meet uh, your significant other, or you know, meet somebody for a date, or you know, there's some reason why you're a little distracted, or a little bit upset, or nervous. Maybe you just got off the phone with somebody and you had an argument. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons, or just because you're traveling. Yeah, why you and going might, through the whole process? Why you might trip these sensors? And the question, of course, isn't answered here in this article as to what will happen to you if you are identified as having. The the answer is anything they want. Yeah. And that's kind of scary, isn't it? Like, you're in the airport because you have to be. I know more and more people now are not flying. In fact, air travel, both international and domestic, has dropped significantly in the last second. This isn't going to help it. Certainly not. Um, And so a lot of people are trying to avoid uh, traveling by airline. But if for some reason you end up having to go somewhere on an airplane... And then you're subject to who knows what kind of uh, what kind of abuse. We already know that the TSA has their little expert people supposedly standing around watching you for suspicious activities and looking like a p- potential terrorist. They supposedly have these trained people that are eyeballing you and looking for these uh, micro expressions and malintent and things like that. Now they're taking that and they're going to somehow computerize it. I don't know how exactly this works, they don't get into the details, right? Is this something that can scan a room full of people? Is it something where you have to put your face in a device? I mean, how does this... That doesn't make much sense.
4: That doesn't make sense, right? Well, they have that facial recognition software that they can use, like the CCTV cameras to zoom in on your face and, Mm -hmm. you know... Kind of pick you out of a digital lineup, essentially,
0: and that's better these days than it was uh, half right.
1: a decade ago, uh, even more than half a decade. I mean, you know, obviously, computers are going to get to the point that they're going to know who you are by looking at your face pretty mm-hmm. quickly. I would it would seem to me, but take a look at Facebook. When you put a, load a picture up on Facebook, it it gets a little, it takes a little snapshot of all the faces in it and says, "Who's this? Who's this? Mm-hmm. Who's this?" And then you fill in their name, and then if they were your friend, it'll pop up and you can uh, tag them on Facebook or whatever. Facebook can tell you, well, this is a person. Yep. They know, it knows that it's looking at a people. Now, I, I don't know whether it's just saying there's two eyes here next to, um, next to each other. It's probably something simple. But it's, yeah. sc- it's scanning pic- pixels there, yep.
0: deciding, hmm, those look like eyes. I, I've seen it on – they've got it with uh, cam- cameras now as well. Yeah, uh, and that technology is free to the end user. I
1: mean, right, what you get it, if you're willing to pay for it. Well, this oh, right. isn't this isn't the crap that the government has, you know. That's uh, that that these you know big computer companies are selling it millions and billions of your tax dollars to the government. This is free from Facebook.
0: Yeah, there's no numbers in this story about what this is costing or anything like that. This is just kind of this puff piece about the. Uh, I guess it's not really a puff piece, but it's a hey, this is happening piece with the DHS. There's no real significant detail about this so called fast. Future attribute screening technology. So, well, how far are we away from the idea of arresting somebody for pre-crime in this country? I mean, we already have so-called conspiracy charges where the feds, if well, they
1: this believe... Is, it, this is essentially is an arrest. They don't call it an arrest. But if you take somebody and then the, the TSA will tell you once you've started the process, you may not leave, right? The security stream, that's, our, yeah. that's our experience. So they will... Um, you start the process. They will take you before you've done anything and uh, you know pull you aside and begin to question you. You're being detained. I mean, what's typically that's not an arrest. That's not from a, a legal standpoint. An arrest is a stop. That's yeah. what I mean. Look it up in the dictionary. Arrest to arrest means to sure, stop. Sure. They are stopping you and not allowing you to leave. 1-800-259-9231
0: the Secul CAI toll-free line. Is this the kind of world in which you'd like to live? This one where there's pre-crime, where they scan your intent and then presumably do something about what they've scanned, what the results are. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. this is free talk live dial in toll free and bring up anything you want 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we give you the features on the site for free so enjoy those on us once again FreeTalkLive.com. Those features include live streams. We've got broadband and dial up versions of the show there. We've got also different uh, other ways for you to listen in, including our 101 great radio stations across the country.
1: Woohoo! Yay for us! We we're on, a, made we're it. on more than 100 radio
0: stations now. <laughs> That's right. So thanks to listeners like you, by the way, for taking the time out to call your local talk stations and request Free Talk Live. That or- helps. Or perhaps to call your local talk station if you already have Free Talk Live there and request more Free Talk Live, because not every station that airs our show airs us all 18 hours per week. And uh, thanks to all of those of you who've done that. And, of course, thanks to all the great program directors around the country that have seen the vision of a show that's not your typical talk radio program and have gone ahead and essentially gone out on a limb with, uh, with Free Talk Live. So. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231 Listening options. So we've got live streams. We've got our great radio stations. We've got satellite listening options. We just added a second XM channel over the weekends. We're now on two different XM satellite radio channels. Uh, our also, our free-to-air KU band channels up there as well. The webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. All kinds of ways to listen. And if you want to, you know broadcast it that's cool too man I mean you don't have to ask our permission although we certainly appreciate it and uh, we do like to have our our you know actual radio stations under a, a very very easy agreement I mean the free talk live has gotten to 101 stations because we're so flexible I was talking earlier about how we helped out wvna in Florence Alabama and welcome to those listeners by the way they're listening live tonight oh sweet uh yeah and so welcome to our regular wvna listeners but it's that flexibility that uh, that ability to give stations what they want rather than trying to cram down on what we want onto the stations, which is how it usually works in this business, yep. that has made us, you know, to, gotten us to the point where we are. So, anyway, 800 259 9231.
1: How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, it's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the bo- the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf. And a whole bunch more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you should reserve your berth now. The rooms, uh, you know, the the prices seem to vary up and down. The ship has been in and out of yellow status, which means that the rooms are getting tight. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Go take a look. Uh, you can. There's a telephone number there. You can call in and register, or you can register right online, Com. All
0: right, so 800-259-9231. You're certainly welcome to comment on this new technology that the Department of Homeland Security is instituting. They're testing right now, actually, uh, the future attribute screening technology, likely going to be using it at airports, but who knows where else it'll pop up, maybe at your local bus station or perhaps the train station. Yeah, I can't go in a courthouse, maybe. The great point who knows i don't know what the uh, the specs on this technology uh, are but i'm sure we'll find out more as time goes on and of course maybe uh, you will be the one of the first that they pick up uh, as a suspicious individual we believe you're going to commit terrorism so why don't you just cool your heels in this cage for a few months who knows how they're going to enforce with this thing 1-800-259-9231 let's talk to frank listening to wcer in canton ohio hello frank
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call, hey. Ex-mil- ex-military. Hey, wouldn't it be just uh, a lot mm-hmm. cheaper and uh, just as exfe- uh, effectual for us to just buy them, them little round eight black eight balls that you turn upside down and yeah. get your answer? <laughs> they can just
1: figure out what uh, what, what you're going to do with the eight ball.
5: <laughs> are, yeah. are they are are they going to do a, a massive increase in hiring proctologists at Homeland Security and TSA? Oh, they
1: just they just give them a, a brief 4-hour uh, course on proctology. Uh they, they don't actually hire somebody with a medical degree.
5: Yeah,
0: the same thing they do with the, the cops that take your blood from you. They're not actually putting phlebotomists on duty as police. They're just giving the police like a two-hour course and then turning them loose with needles.
6: <laughs> They're professionals.
5: Can, can I say two things to Homeland Security, TSA, sure. and, and the Pentagon yes, sir. because of these wars, these undeclared wars and killing people, civilians all over the world, on go the ahead. other side of the world? Can I say two things? You've
0: already said one thing, but go ahead with uh, two, two more.
5: take a hike military and stick it where the sun don't shine
0: thanks for the call frank i appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 that is the sacl cai toll free line so department of homeland security testing the future attribute screening technology to look for potential terrorists and you just have to ask yourself where does it go from here I mean, we can predict this stuff, right? I mean, this the police state gets bigger. It gets more intrusive, more oppressive. They start suspecting more and more people of being so-called criminals or potential terrorists, domestic terrorists. And we know that the domestic terror threat is really the most important one for them because for a long time they've been – increasing their scope based on this idea of well there's terrorism over there and they might come here so we've got to make sure we are you know protecting things here. right
1: this so Americans can't see what they're doing uh, you know overseas there there were all kinds of crackdowns during in Iraq and Afghanistan people having to go check, through checkpoints things that Americans would never put up with
0: oh they'll put up with it I don't know. I mean, it, they're it's, putting it, up with it down south. There are
1: checkpoints down there. It's it's interesting. They they, are, they don't have to go through checkpoints with people with machine guns strapped, um, you know, hanging from. It's it's a different sure? kind of che- checkpoint. I don't you know. Sure? I'm just I. All I'm saying is, is that they have a machine
0: gun at the John, uh, the Jefferson Memorial over the weekend to deal with a bunch of people dancing
1: as they um as as this. They get more TSA agents to do more stuff. Everybody wants to have a job that matters. So they're going to make their job matter by doing things. One of those – what TSA agents do is they hassle people. The vast majority of people that are hassled are not terrorists. So what they're going to do is they're going to hire more agents. There's going to be the equal number of terrorists, which is at this point TSA has found none, zero, zip, Zilch, Right, even with all their behavior experts. Which means that all the people that have been pulled aside, given double pat-downs, questioned, uh, actually killed by the TSA. There is one uh, instance of that happening, thrown into holding cells, all this stuff, not terrorists. Mm -hmm. Well, this is only going to increase. And the average American is going to be that much more likely to have to deal with it. So you have a couple of choices, Mr. and Mrs. America. You can keep your eyes down. You can shuffle forward in your stocking feet with your belt off. Or you can refuse to fly, or you can kind of raise your voice, and then they'll slap you on the wrist and treat you poorly when you go through. But none of these results are are very good. All you can—I mean, what are you going to do? Call, write your Congress critter? How's yeah, that that's, been working? What's that going to do? Well, how
4: different are these checkpoints from the ones you know
1: abroad? They really sound pretty similar. You mean the ones
0: that are down south?
1: And if you, you drive too fast right. by the ones too fast by the ones that are abroad, they'll open fire on you and kill you. That's true.
0: Well. So my point being that uh, the people are accepting the checkpoints in this country, for the most part. There's uh, Terry over at Checkpoint USA that is a good guy as far as he is actually resisting to some extent. He's refusing to answer their questions and such. And I think that has spread as well. I think there are more people doing that now as a result of people like Terry showing, showing the way and recording these encounters with these officious bureaucrats demanding information from you. Uh, so I think that it's probably more popular now to say no, which is good. More people saying no is a good thing. And putting those videos online encourages others uh, to do so. But for the most part, those checkpoints are likely just 99 percent of the people going through there are very obedient, doing exactly as they are told. And so I wish I could agree with you, Mark, that uh, more Americans would be outraged by this. But oh, they're outraged. Co- it's how they're going to react to that outrage. It's it's. Going to come in in such a slow way as it has been over these years that uh, it's just going to be – it's going to seem like a natural thing for people. I mean, they might – like you say, they might be mad, but they're going to do what they're told. People moving out of the United States is increasing too. That's true. 1-800-259-9231 one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So just think about it. Now you know that they have some new technology that is going to be IDing people. It's going to be selecting them for extra special screening, perhaps, or maybe even a temporary detention while they are interrogated. Because if the machine believes you might be a terrorist, well, then they're going to need to ask you some questions. And if you don't want to answer those questions, then what do you think is going to happen? What do you think they're going to do to you then? They pull you aside at the airport, say, look, our fast machine has determined you may be a terrorist, and we've got a series of questions for you. We'll hook you up to this lie detector over here or whatever. Here's another fast machine that's going to look straight into your eyes, and uh, we're just going to ask you a series of questions. i got to make my flight. Yeah, no, you can make the next one. one 800 I mean, wor- the best case might be that you'll miss your flight. Worst case, maybe you'll end up like Bradley Manning or Jose Padilla. one 800 259 You think I'm exaggerating? It's free talk This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Head on over to shop.freetalklive.com and order whatever it is you're looking for. Amazon likely sells it because what you'll find at shop.freetalklive.com are links to Amazon. They're affiliate links. So when you uh, click on that link, it takes you into Amazon and basically... Let's Amazon know that you are coming from Free Talk Live, and so therefore they'll cut us a portion of their profits. It's the same great Amazon, the same great deals you're used to, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, even used items as well. You can go and get your shopping taken care of and feel good because you're getting a great deal through Amazon, with great customer service, and you're helping Free Talk Live at the same time. So go to shop.freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. Going here, of course, we'll take your calls at 800-259-9231. There's a news about the Postal Service coming up. But first, Ron Paul has a few things to say. Since we're talking about this idea of pre-crime and kind of the scary police state that continues to grow and uh, metastasize and get you know much worse and more intrusive and more oppressive, Ron Paul has a few things to say over at LouRockwell.com, These are truly troubling days for liberty in the United States. Last week, the 60-day deadline for the president to gain congressional approval for our military engagement in Libya under the War Powers Resolution came and went. The media scarcely noticed. The bombings continued. We had a hearing on Capitol Hill on the subject, but the administration refuses to bother with the legality of its new war. It's unclear if Mr. Obama will ever obtain congressional consent, and astonishingly, it is being argued... That he doesn't need it. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution begs to differ. It clearly states that the power to declare war rests within the legislative branch, the branch closest to the people. The founders were a, and that's not saying much, uh, the founders were a war-weary people and the requirement that it would take an act of Congress to go to war was intentional. They believed war was not to be entered into lightly, so they resisted granting such decision-making authority
1: to one person. Right, they understood that war was the health of the state. And that uh, that that people that were in charge of countries would, would be prone to using their military more often than they should.
0: They objected to absolute war-making power granted to kings. It would be incredibly naive to think a dictator could not, nor or would not, wrest power in this country. Our presidents can now, on their own, order assassinations, including American citizens. I don't. I, they they certainly can in the
1: sense that they are. Operate secret military tribunals. By the way, Obama has uh, ordered uh, hits on American citizens. Engage in torture.
0: Enforce indefinite imprisonment without due process. Like, for instance, if you uh, trigger the fast machine at the, uh, the airport or whatever, wherever they end installing these things. If they think they want to put you in a cage, those do it. No problem. What well, about? if you
4: do get due process, it takes, what, over a year
0: yeah. before <laughs> you go to trial like Bradley Manning? Right, and enjoy sitting in that cage while you're waiting.
1: Right. The, the, the whole idea of a speedy trial is just, it's really just out the window. They've they found legal, legal maneuverings around it, and they, you don't get a speedy trial anymore. Right. And ways to torture you in the interim.
0: Right, and even if they take you to trial and turns out they don't even have a case, well, you've been sitting in a jail cell for up to that you've point. You've been being so, punished. Right, you've been punished for something you've never been found guilty of in that case. So we continue here uh, with the other things that this uh, president can do. Uh, according to Ron Paul, they uh, can also in, let's see, enforce indefinite imprisonment, order searches and seizures without proper warrants, gutting the Fourth Amendment, ignore the 60-day rule for reporting to the Congress the nature of any military operations as required by the War Powers Resolution, continue the Patriot Act abuses without oversight, wage war at will, and treat all Americans as suspected terrorists at airports with TSA groping and nude x-rays. Americans who are not alarmed by all of this are either not paying close attention or are too trusting of current government officials to be concerned. Those in power right now might be trustworthy, upstanding people, but what of the leaders of the future? They will inherit all of the additional powers we cede to the current position holders. Can we trust that they will not take advantage? Today's best intentions create loopholes and opportunities for tomorrow's tyrants. And this is true. I mean, as we've seen over the years, each president gets worse. They get progressively worse because they get to build on all the tyrannical things that the last, right, the last president had implemented during his or her term. Right. I they already
4: numbers. have all those things. They want new things for
0: themselves now. Exactly. So there's a, there's a new set that comes along for the Obama administration, and whoever comes next inherits all of that stuff. And, of course, nobody's questioning most of these uh,
1: powers at this point. They're just accepted as the fact. Yeah. You know, they'll say whatever they've got to say to get into power and then they'll do whatever they feel like doing once they get there. Yeah. Like, you
0: know, shut down. I'm going to shut down Guantanamo and I'm going to end the war in Afghanistan. And oh, yeah, sorry.
6: Anything that has to
1: do with increasing the size of government, they'll likely do that. They said they were going to do anything that has, uh, you know, has to do with increasing freedom for the American people. Show me the president that's done it. I mean, Obama went in talking about transparency He's the least transparent president we've ever had. He's cracked down on whistleblowers more than any other president, more than Nixon. Don't worry, Mark. He'll be eclipsed by the next guy. And it's probably true, unless it turns out to be Ron Paul, which doesn't seem too likely. But I think Gary Johnson would
4: do a fine job too. Well, we need to keep Gitmo open now for all these uh, criminals that get caught by the fast machine.
0: Exactly right. Uh, in fact, they'll need to build some more Gitmos in other uh, countries because you know it's pretty pretty packed from what I understand over there. Uh, Perhaps the most troubling power grab of late is the mission creep associated with the 9-11 attacks and the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan initiated as targeted strikes against the perpetrators of 9-11. A decade later, we're still at war. With whom? Last week, Congress passed a defense authorization bill with some very disturbing language that explicitly extends the president's war powers to just about anybody. Section 1034 of that bill states that we are at war with the Taliban, al-Qaeda, and associated forces. Well, who are the Associated Forces? It also includes anyone who has supported hostilities in in aid of an organization that substantially supports these Associated Forces. This authorization is not limited by geography and has no sunset provision. It doesn't matter if these Associated Forces are American citizens. Your constitutional rights no longer apply when the United States is at war, he puts that in quotes, with you. Would it be so hard for someone in the government to target a political enemy and connect them to Al Qaeda, however tenuously, and have them declared as an
1: associated force? They could do anything they want when it comes to these, these this verbiage they these created are legal out of,
0: words, legal definitions.
1: They created out of whole cloth the term "enemy combatant" mm-hmm. to fit into the this paradigm that they have of not declaring war any longer. It used to be a person, you know, what what, what uh, prisoner of war.
0: Well, don't forget, Mark, not only did they create the enemy combatant terminology to allow them to get around the whole due process justice system and all that, but they also now have created the enemy belligerent terminology. That's true. This is their newest term. Uh, the enemy belligerent is somebody who maybe you're not out there making bombs or planning to make bombs, but you're speaking in favor of those terrorists. You are giving money to organizations that are maybe linked to terrorist organizations. You might be thinking that way now. Exactly. Now, with the pre-crime, you may be an enemy, enemy belligerent intending. You're, you're intending to be belligerent in, in the future. So, that's where it's going i mean they're literally coming down on people for the things that they financially support and for the things that they speak in favor of so ron paul continues my colleague congressman justin amash spearheaded an effort to have this troubling language removed about this associated force stuff but unfortunately it failed by a vote of 234 to 187 it's unfortunate indeed that so many in congress accept unlimited war making
1: authority in the hands of the executive branch Ron Paul, this so. is what the ACLU had warned about. Um, I got a update from them from last week that essentially said that this is war without end. Now, the Congress has declared war on what Al Qaeda and associated groups. Mm-hmm. What's the association? There's no definition for associated group here. Is a Al Qaeda is is okay? So Al Qaeda and then associated groups is that groups like Al Qaeda? Oh Good they're question. they're terrorists too
0: one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 The government in
1: Damascus, they've given some money to uh, somebody who gave some money to somebody who gave some money in Al-Qaeda? Sounds like an association to me. Doesn't Al-Qaeda just mean the list? Yeah, well, doesn't it? it Al-Qaeda, uh, as I understand it, is a CIA-generated term uh, for this group of people that was in the Mujahideen or something like that. I, you shouldn't take uh, my word on foreign policy, but I think that Al-Qaeda is actually a, an American-created term.
0: Toll free number again, 800 259 So your thoughts are certainly welcome. I mean, how do you feel about this? is there somebody out there listening tonight that just
1: thinks this is great presidents haven't had enough power to to declare war up to this point thank goodness
0: right we who is there somebody out there that thinks that you know we just need to get rid of the whole justice system and just put people in cages upon accusation i mean why even bother with the the trial thing we all know it's a sham anyway so uh, why not just go all the all the way to tyranny and just have some you know squads going around rounding people up in the middle of the night put black uh black you know canvas bags over top of somebody's head and you know pull them out of their bed while they're sleeping and throw them in a cage in some
1: sort of secret prison and uh, hey that could be the next step for america i mean how far are we away from as long as they're not americans and by americans i don't mean anybody with an accent uh i don't mean anybody who has too much melanin in their skin and i don't mean anybody under a certain uh uh, you know threshold of income yeah americans are rich white people
0: toll free number 800-259-9231 more coming up here also news about ecstasy on the way this is free talk live
3: But wait...
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free lines. we launch here into the second hour. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. Once again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. And uh, the features actually allow you to control the content, so when you see something online you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it as show prep to our website, and then others will have the opportunity to vote on whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion, the most liked, making it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com, and good luck finding another talk show that gives you... The ability to actually control the content on the front page of their website. I don't think that exists out there. I don't think so either. If I'm wrong, please correct me. 800-259-9231. Of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. News about ecstasy. Now, that's the street name for it. But the actual chemical is MDMA. And that's the obviously the shortened version. It stands for three four methylene methamphetamine or mdma yeah now you're smarter and the guardian is reporting here on a news story about an update on the truth regarding ecstasy now, of course when you buy ecstasy at the street level there's a good chance you're not actually getting any mdma
1: and it's a good chance when you read the newspaper you're not getting the truth well what do you get instead
0: you get various other things. I mean, some some of the pills sold as ecstasy do have MDMA in them. Some of them have a trace amount of MDMA in them, and others have none whatsoever and instead have other chemicals like DXM, which is coughs, uh, cough medicine.
1: Dextromethorphan uh, hydrobromide. Or, let's
0: see, there's a new one going around called piperzines. Uh, so what are those? Not, it's another... Imitate. It's not even a, it really an imitation. It's just something else.
1: It makes you feel something, so yep. therefore the pill does something. Right. So people that are having robo trips
4: potentially think they're rolling on ecstasy. Well, if you're t- if they if they get right. the DXM, if you take a
1: DXM pill and you don't know uh, and you take enough of them, I don't know how much is well, in one pill. So. <laughs> so it's hard to produce MDMA. Uh, it takes a real lab and real scientists to do that. Okay. Um, so that's it, what you've got to do when you're in this business is sell pills. It doesn't matter whether you're selling the pill that you ask that you're sell, selling the pill. If you're in business, it doesn't matter whether you're selling the right pill. Well, yeah, just can't that you can sell you. more pills. So if you can sell a pill to somebody that makes them feel something, which a DXM pill will, especially if you take enough of them, then uh, maybe they'll come back and buy more. If not, there's likely somebody down the street selling cra- fake crap too anyway. So it's, it, that's essentially the idea. So
0: you're correct, Andrew. I mean, if somebody takes a pill, it's got DXM in it or Piperazine in it, and they feel something, they're going to, if they've never had real MDMA, if they've never had real ecstasy, then they're not going to know. They're they're not going to have any point of comparison, and so they'll believe that this fake pill was what was supposed to be ecstasy. Anyway, so that's one of the problems with the the black market. Of course, there's all other problems, including bl- uh, violence and et cetera. But I wanted to talk more about the scientific aspect of MDMA, the sp- that specific drug. The one that has been said in the past, it's going to put holes in your brain, kids. I wouldn't recommend that kids use any kind of, uh, you know, psychedelic or any kind of illegal drug whatsoever or any uh, mind-altering substance in general. It's probably not a good idea when you're developing. But all that said, the things they're saying about ecstasy, not true. Now – The news about the holes in the brain, that's old. It's an old, old claim. It's been rebutted before. But usually the rebuttals to these things.
1: They don't get the news that they. uh, because holes in the brain is better news than no holes in the brain.
0: Holes in the brain is a front page story. The, oh, they were wrong. They actually misinterpreted the evidence or it was skewed because of this or that. And I don't remember the exact reason, but essentially that whole study was bunk from the very beginning. So here's some more news for you from The Guardian. There's no evidence that ecstasy causes brain damage, according to one of the largest studies into the effects of the drug. Too many previous studies made overarching conclusions from insufficient data. Gee, do you think that's because they were funded by governments? The Department
1: who, of uh, Drug – what, what, Office of uh, Drug Control O-N-D-C-P? Policy. Yeah.
0: Do you think that's because those governments had an interest in having a certain result being presented?
4: No, they're always unbiased.
0: Right, because they hire the best scientists in the whole world, and they're not at all beholden to the fact that they want to get another uh, grant from the government, so they're going to give them exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens every time. So uh, here's an honest study that actually discovered that, no, nope, point of fact, there is no uh, evidence whatsoever that it causes brain damage.
1: And Well, I would like to say, uh, in defense of science, the fact that these studies that are done by these governmental organizations get debunked later does show that the scientific method works. Oh, absolutely. And that they're open to, that they're, you know, the fact that they're, they have to open their, in order to follow the scientific method, they have to open their material. It has to, to be testing, duplicatable. Duplicatable yeah. and all that good stuff. Then it shows that the scientific method is working, even if the government officials are telling lies.
0: You know, not only does this new study show that ecstasy doesn't cause brain damage, but it also shows that the drug's dangers have been greatly exaggerated. The finding will shock campaigners who have claimed ecstasy poses a real risk of triggering brain damage. They've argued that it can do memory loss, decreased cognitive performance, and has long-lasting effects on behavior. But experts who have argued that the drug is relatively safe welcome the new paper, saying uh, David Nutt, who's a professor and uh, was at one time fired as the chair of the Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs in the UK uh, for publicly stating that alcohol and tobacco were actually more harmful than ecstasy, may recall. I can't see how anybody
1: would argue that.
0: Well, people who are ignorant would be able to argue they that. They just don't like it. It's just How not many politically are
4: caused from ecstasy.
0: Well, caused from ecstasy is a good question because that's hard to tell. There are a lot of there are a handful of deaths that happen because someone on ecstasy
1: will dehydrate and die
0: from right, dehydration. Less death, yeah.
4: It's not – ecstasy isn't the cause of death necessarily. Very few. Look,
1: I mean, the fact is that uh, alcohol and tobacco are are, are more harmful than rat poison to humans. I mean, there's far Mm. fewer humans die of rat poison each year than do from alcohol and tobacco. Don't give the kids any ideas, Mark.
0: The finding will shock campaigners uh, who think that ecstasy causes brain damage – And experts who've always argued that the drug is relatively safe said uh, things like, I always assume that when properly designed studies were carried out, we would find ecstasy does not cause brain damage, according to David Nutt who is absolutely correct. The study was carried out by a team led by Professor John Halpern of the Harvard Medical School and published in the journal Addiction last week. Uh, It's actually from about a month ago. Funded by a few months ago. Funded by a 1.8 million grant from the U.S. National Institute on Drug Abuse. It was funded specifically and launched specifically to avoid methodological drawbacks that have bedeviled previous attempts to pinpoint whether or not ecstasy users suffer brain damage. Now, there's no doubt. There's a little more here, but there's no doubt that People who have taken a large amount of ecstasy have effects they have these uh, something that kind of sticks with them for a period of time, but over time it it goes away I mean this is from my understanding from people I have known who have used a lot of ecstasy and by a lot I mean hundreds of pills over time. These are people who you know definitely had complained that things had changed about them biologically as a result of taking this much, but that over time, things had gone back to normal. So keep that in mind. Ecstasy, or MDMA, came into widespread use in the 1980s when it was linked to raves and the playing of dance music. Its symptoms included euphoria, a sense of intimacy with others, and diminished anxiety and depression. In the U.S. alone, more than 12 million have taken Uh, the drug, and I imagine it's a lot more (laughs) than 12 million. Ecstasy is one of the most popular drugs in pop culture today. It's not as popular as marijuana, uh, but it's, I think, second place to marijuana as far as the illegal drug market uh, is concerned. And euphoria, a sense of intimacy with others, that's bad? It's bad to have empathy towards other people? (laughs) I think that Again, ecstasy, the actual product, MDMA, it's called an empathogen, and the root word there being empathy, uh, meaning that uh, people who are on ecstasy are more likely to empathize with a stranger or somebody else. And it would seem to me that a drug like ecstasy could have some real positive effects on, on humanity.
1: They should give this to the NATO force and the Qaddafi force when they go in to uh, sort of uh, talk about their little problems there. Absolutely. They just go in and hug then? Yeah. I mean I, I really think you might be able to solve some problems this way.
0: I totally agree. Don't they use it for marriage counseling? They did. They did. Toll-free number 800-259 Now it's illegal
1: and bad, but in the 80s it was used for marriage counseling.
0: 9231. There's a movie The Men Who Stare at Goats where they slip LSD into the the eggs in the <laughs> water supply. Oh yeah. Uh, Nobody was fighting that day, let me tell you. (laughs) 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. It was supposedly based on a true story. Free Talk Live.
3: Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com LC9.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you would like, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We get the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and those features include news updates. You get signed up and will deliver to you in the way you want to be delivered to. Uh, we've got the emailed updates, which in my opinion are the best way to get the latest information, but also Facebook, Twitter, we've got that too. Go and get signed up over at
1: news.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping Hunting or shooting gear. Manventureoutpost.com dot carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment by major manufacturers like Aimpoint, K Bar, Remington, Streamlight, many more. Manventureoutpost.com, dot com, family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low in some cases that those major uh, manufacturers won't even let them be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Use coupon code FTL. Get 5% off at manventureoutpost.com.
0: Toll free number here, 800-259-9231. We'll get right to your phone calls here after uh, finishing the news about ecstasy from guardian.co.uk. Reporting that a major study, one of the largest ever done into the effects of the drug at, uh, I think it was Harvard, yeah, Harvard Medical School, published in the journal Addiction, Found out that, in point of fact, in contrary to uh, you know, contrary to what the U.S. government and its anti-drug pimps have been pointing out over the years, yeah, ecstasy doesn't cause brain damage. MDMA doesn't cause brain damage. That's what ecstasy uh, actually is supposed to be. But the, uh, according to the story here, ecstasy, or 34 methylene or MDMA, came into widespread use in the 80s. Uh, but the taking of ecstasy has also been linked to damage to the central nervous system, and research in recent years has suggested that long-term changes to emotional states and behavior have been triggered by consumption of the drug. Possession of it has been made an offense in most Western nations. However, Halpern was sharply critical of the quality of the research that had linked ecstasy to brain damage. He said too many studies have been carried out on small populations, while overarching conclusions have been drawn from them. For a start, some previous research has studied users who were taken from a culture dominated by all-night dancing, frequently called raves, uh, parties, and uh, which thus exposed these individuals to sleep and fluid deprivation because if you're out on the dance floor and you are out until 6 a.m and you're also exerting yourself all night and you're you maybe have limited access to water that's going to cause those problems and those factors he says are themselves known to produce long-lasting cognitive effects so stay up too late and dance too hard and you may end up having brain damage wow who ever heard of that? Now I'm
4: scared of all the punk shows I used to go to, staying out late in the <laughs> pit and everything like that back in high school. How late would you stay out? <clears throat> it's dependent on how long the show went on, and then whatever we did afterwards. Well, I Could rave have been hours raves and hours later, until at
0: least six in the morning. Like that's that's when a rave gets out, and then people have an after party after that. Typically,
4: okay, well, that's so a little bit more. But.
0: It does go pretty late. In addition, past studies have uh, not taken into effect. Or excuse me, have not taken into account. Excuse me, non-users were not selected from those from a similar. Background which, therefore, skewed results, so they selected the users from the rave culture and they selected non users from people uh, without that same uh, without that same background, in addition, past studies have not taken sufficient account of the fact that ecstasy users take other drugs or alcohol that could affect cognition. Or that they may have suffered intellectual impairment before they started taking the ecstasy. In Alpern's study, only ecstasy users who took no other drugs and who had suffered no previous impairment were selected. So that's a huge change right from the get-go.
1: Sounds you, like a big difference. right?
0: You're dealing with somebody who's taken just ecstasy and has not been mentally impaired prior to the, the study versus studies where they're taking kids from raves. Now, if you've ever been to a rave before, and I've been to a number of them, if you've ever been to a rave before, you know the kinds of people that, uh, that you see at raves. What well, kind, Ian? A lot of them are very, very, let's say, drugged up. And I doubt it's just ecstasy. Now, maybe, maybe there probably are some rave purists who will only come and only take ecstasy at a rave. Uh, but most of the folks who are willing to go to a rave and take a drug that they might buy at a rave, which, of course, is usually completely questionable as far as yeah, what, what a it, terrible idea, as far as what it actually is, unless you happen to know who the dealer is and they have a good reputation. Uh, those people are also probably likely to take whatever it is they can get their hands on. So odds are good that a lot of these people they've studied have done all manner of drugs in all manner of different ways. They couldn't
1: possibly have any cognition uh, effects from that. Yeah.
0: So the resulting experiment whittled down 1,500 potential participants to 52 selected users who cognitive, whose cognitive abilities matched those of a group of 59 non-users. According to Halpern, we even took hair samples of participants to test whether they were telling the truth about their drug and alcohol habits, which is smart. uh, He says, essentially, we compared one group of people who danced and raved and took ecstasy with a similar group of individuals who danced and raved but did not take ecstasy. Now, when we did that, we found that there was no difference in their cognitive abilities. In other words, previous studies highlighted problems triggered by other factors such as use of other drugs or drink or sleep deprivation. But the drugs still pose risks, he said. Ecstasy consumption is dangerous because illegally made pills often contain contaminants that can have harmful side effects. So
1: that's their conclusion. Right. The conclusion is it's the war on drugs that's dangerous, not MDMA. Yeah.
4: And that's worth. What about all the people who maybe wanted ecstasy but couldn't, it wasn't available? I know in my town where I grew up, ecstasy was not out there. And there was plenty of cocaine and and heroin and other drugs that are. Much worse. Right. Stuff that that's is a better problem. problem. So who was taking that instead of ecstasy when that could have been a substitute? And that's
0: another side that effect would be available. On, that's another side effect that he's talking about is a, of the war on drugs is because this product is not available to interest group that wants it. Then the interest group will do something
1: else. Right. Because you know, people that want to alter their brain, they may have a preference, but they'll, they're going to alter it in some way, shape or form. Well, that's why it's teenagers like, huff
0: things. Because yeah, they can't get their hands on pot or something like ecstasy, they'll go and they'll huff gasoline or spray paint or paint thinner or something like that. Yeah. So
4: I can tell you when I was in high school, I was never around ecstasy at all. And I was around cocaine a
1: number of times, not you know seeking it out or anything. It was just mm-hmm. there. You know, I've I've got to say that 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 was true in my high school too. Ecstasy was not available; cocaine was. And this is a government high school in the late eighties. I've never done cocaine, and I had no interest in, in no. Even it's a terrible idea. But th- the idea here is, if if nobody's ever heard us talk about this before, is that the war on drugs itself has results. Uh, making things illegal may result, uh, you know, in all kinds of terrible bad things. It Do- does result in all kinds of terrible bad things. Yep, like. Well, if a crack user wants to get his crack, but his crack costs so much and he can't get that, uh, he can't get the crack because he can't afford it, he's going to have to go out and commit crimes so like true. killing you to get your wallet so that he can go get some more crack. Whereas if crack was available, it'd be like uh, on, the, on the free market, it'd be as expensive as say aspirin or something like that, at which point he could smoke a crack all day long for $5. He could go beg that kind of money. People don't. Knock over liquor stores for the liquor. They knock it over for the money to go get other different kinds of drugs. That's right,
0: the illegal stuff.
1: Right, liquor, mind-altering substance, terrible for you. Has all kinds hardest, of terrible. Effects. One of the hardest drugs in the world. Sure is. By the way one
0: 9231 That's the SaCal Cai toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and we'll talk a little bit about harm reduction because the purpose here isn't to necessarily get you to take a drug or anything like that, but the idea is that people are going to take drugs. So they should learn about them. They should know what they're doing. And you can learn more at Erowid.org, E-R-O-W-I-D.org. Your thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you'd like. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. The lady listeners uh, send in their validated photos, those who would like to be on our Shrine of female listeners. And you could, too. The details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com, where you can just go there and see the ladies and their photos or videos. They have to be validated, though, which means they're
1: proving that they listen to the show in the picture or video. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the 4CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com, download the free tools they have there for you, and when you're checking out, be sure to use the pull-down menu and mention Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com.
0: 1-800-259-9231. We can talk more about harm reduction, but let's go to you, your calls here in a moment. Uh, Let's talk to Christine first, ladies first, in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Christine.
7: Thank you, Ian. I appreciated our conversation yesterday, but I never did get to share the comment I wanted to make on Memorial Day, so sure, go ahead. I just wanted to, to go back to, you were discussing, and so many of us received such communications and emails talking about uh, that the troops uh, defend our freedoms or give us rights, and you were reading something in regards to that and discussing mm-hmm. it, and the comment that I wanted to make in, in view of Memorial Day uh, is, when I think about it, Uh, From my study of American history, I cannot think of a single war uh, in which troops have died, which our men and women have died in, at any time that a soldier died for American freedom. And when I I look back on it, save the only exception that I could uh, come up with would be during the Civil War uh, from the southern states' perspective. But other than that, it seems as if all of our wars and all of the deaths I mean, you consider the Korean War, you consider the Vietnam War, you consider all of these, you know, everything they're doing in South America, Lebanon, Somalia, you name it. Every single one has been given this call so often associated with freedom. Right. So but what but did each of our wars have to do with American freedom?
0: On one point, on one point that you brought up that uh, the Civil War, you said you might make an exception for that. Didn't the South have a draft for that?
7: I, re- I, do not, I do not know if they were operating by a draft. I don't agree with a draft. I don't um, agree with any of that. But I'm not discussing that. I'm mm. talking about uh, as a government. I'm talking about has the U.S. government, do our troops ever die for our freedom? And I, I can't think of a single military incursion in which any single... Military man or woman has ever died for American freedom. That's that's my focus. Not how they, not their conscription.
1: Well, you know, I, I, the the broad sweep, sweeping statements are always the most difficult to defend. And I don't generally disagree with you, Christine. Um, I think it's better just to say the last six or seven decades. That way, you can cut off. That's
7: what I've always said too. It's I, just I easier. Agree, but- I've been going back. I even looked at the War of 1812, you know, yeah. and and it, it, it seemed like that was the first example of our government trying to make this public appeal, but it was a very unpopular. But what were the real reasons behind it? It looked like we wanted to get a whole lot more northern territory. They were just itching to go to war with Britain again. Yes, they were. And, they it, were. and it seems to me, uh, and so, yeah, I've always phrased it that way, too, thinking over the last number of decades. but. Seriously, I, I just—it's so common on Memorial Day that I hear they, they died for our freedom, and I can't think of one single example. Not the, the that there isn't one, but I can't think of one.
1: The Civil War's loaded; um, it, it's it's a loaded issue because sure. it's it's exactly. you've got this black-white thing going on involved. And for anybody that denies that slavery was a central issue to the uh, Civil War, is wrong. I'm not saying that it's the reason that the South went to war. There were certainly some uh, some taxes that were entirely intolerable that were were being waged they're being given to uh, the southern states because of their more agrarian culture and things like that but you've got to admit that at uh, th- that there was a larger dose of freedom given to african americans post uh, civil war not immediately it took a while for them to sort of unravel the tentacles of slavery but within within a decade uh, they were sharecropping rather than being slaves
7: well, I, I I can concede that, but that in no way justifies what no. what Lincoln no. did.
1: No, the rest of the world uh, managed to uh, do away with slavery without a war. Involved. Uh, exactly,
7: but what Lincoln did, and yes, I would certainly argue the economic uh, and the banking situation, the taxation situation. Yep. I don't yep. believe that it was went to uh, that uh, Lincoln did what he did, and I don't believe that he was correct. I find it horrendous loss of life for no reason.
0: Okay, so the point I wanted to make on this Civil yeah. War, the, the reason I brought it up because I thought there mm-hmm. was a draft and turns out there was. Uh, here's, okay. Here is the historical times encyclopedia of the Civil War from Patricia Faust. Quote, uh, there was no military, general military draft in America until the Civil War. The Confederacy mm-hmm. passed its first of three conscription acts in 18, excuse me, in April of 1862 and scarcely a year later the Union began conscripting men. So mm-hmm. and it goes on to give you more details. Sorry. But My point Sorry. being that even if someone were to make the claim that the Civil War was fought for freedom it wasn't fought by methods of freedom because they enslaved oh, absolutely
7: people. <laughs> no, i'm in full agreement with you no, I'm in full agreement with you, but my, my focus is in general that's not the only time I could see where there was actual you know the, to any degree but all of the conflicts um, you know that we think of um, all of the wars we have been involved uh, in Southeast Asia uh, you know even World War one World War II all of these it had nothing to do with American freedom and I just find it so interesting how much that indoctrination in society and government schools has made everyone associate like people die for our freedom it's very sad when we, yeah, well, you if you people know, just repeat the same right if you just repeat the same it
0: propaganda it, over and over again then yeah. people will
1: start to believe it yeah a lot of the wars are for retribution for some act or another whether that act was uh, legitimately an act by the other side or whether it wasn't world war 1 uh, was started over so a couple of explosions in New Jersey that may or may not have been agents provocateur of the right. uh, central powers. And also there was the central powers was talking to Mexico about going to war against the United States. So, that essentially is the pivotal point that uh, shoved that got Woodrow Wilson, who said no nation-building involved in, uh, in the, the conflict, which laid the groundwork for World War II, which laid mm-hmm. the groundwork for slaughtering exactly. of Jews and the whole thing. So Ma- America's involvement, which tipped the, uh, the the scales there, really set all that in motion.
7: It does. It always appears to me that all of the engagements, no matter what titles and good-sounding words and patriotism they put on it, our men and women have died for for nothing in itself of value and meaningfulness and certainly not freedom of our nation. I
0: think Halliburton would disagree with you.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I think they would, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's been very valuable to to them.
1: Halliburton believes those young men and women have died for something very important.
7: Very important to them. That's right. It always comes back down to the dollar, doesn't it? (laughs) Don't forget
0: Lockheed Martin and all the other military industrial I can't forget them out
7: here. (laughs) Anything else you want to share, Christine? Uh, no, thank you. And I really appreciate our conversation yesterday. And I appreciate coming back on to share this. It's just I was bombarded as you were with all these American freedom. It's very sad. Uh, deaths are tragic. But I would say to me on Memorial Day, you think not only about the losses of American troops, but you think about all those who have died at their hands as well. That's that's a tragedy. Yeah. And it was for no purpose that I all of those certainly folks for nothing.
0: Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And that's the real – that's what you should really be remembering on Memorial Day is the the fruitless sacrifice of uh, life for the benefit of politicians and the politically connected people.
1: You know, when you think of war, um, certainly in a historical aspect, it's always been about conquest. Conquest really isn't allowed in today's age. But I want you to try to think about how the free market could – accomplish conquest for a country now i don't mean in the traditional sense uh but hear me out on this one but if, you mean spreading ideas spreading the spreading of ideas and territory as a result try to imagine if america actually lived by the ideas of freedom maybe they had a tax you know a tax system of five percent or ten percent maybe zero i don't think I, I don't like the idea of taxes at all i'm just trying to create a vision in your mind Imagine what that would do to places, like, uh, the kind of prosperity that w- that would result in. And what places like Canada and Mexico would be say, their citizens would be saying to themselves, "Well, I got to get over there." So at that point, you would be seeing sort of the an influx of people coming into the United States, mm-hmm. and then you'd see uh, you know the, that land that was being largely unused. You'd probably see the borders of the United States moving outward into those areas, not not by conquest in the you know the bloody sense, but conquest by you know a market sense. Yeah, market
0: competition certainly. Conquest is the I think an inappropriate word for what you're trying to describe but i definitely understand what, what you're saying what other
1: terminology would one use yeah
0: rather than come here go to them there's no other way
1: positive you know, influence Yeah, I, i'm talking about expanding the borders more on the way this is free talk live you take control
0: we wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers their three dollars per month helps us spread free talk live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL, CAI 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. The idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the show. Getting on more radio stations across the country and bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So you can go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal, or use Visa or MasterCard right on our secure ordering website at amp.freetalklive.com. And you'll get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum and podcast and more details, sign up. AMP.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us. It's because of Free Talk Live listeners like you becoming amplifiers that we are able to add new radio stations on a much faster basis. We have a hundred and one radio affiliates. If you go to our affiliates page right now it still says ninety eight, that's just because I've been so busy today. I haven't had a chance to uh, to do the technical side of things and, and get that stuff taken care of. Well we've got as many stations as we have because we have Hundreds of our listeners that are getting behind the show as part of the AMP program, and it makes it so we can easily market the program to other stations, spend money that we otherwise wouldn't have to do that. We're also going uh, here in another week and a half to New York City for the Talkers New Media Seminar, which is something that we've now done. I think this is our sixth year attending. Spent a bunch of them, yeah. And uh, and Mark?
1: You are going to be speaking this it's year. True, I am. I'm putting together my speech for the uh, new media seminar. They've uh, they've got the I guess they're kicking off the whole event. I'll be the guy kicking off it's the true. whole event. Mm-hmm. Um they it's it's some seminar on making money, sales and things like that. So, you know, I I'm going to introduce the panel. I think is going to be pretty cool, man. How many talk show hosts attend? Uh yeah, there's some hosts there. I mean, dozens. I've yeah, maybe a couple dozen maybe. Well, of gre- lesser and greater acclaim. Yeah. Yeah. The major ones don't generally just mingle among us little folks. No,
0: there was one year Rush Limbaugh showed up but it was only to give a like a speech, a speech. of some sort and he kind of came in with security
1: and then left immediately
0: after yeah, the speech. Yeah, that's
4: kind of how it goes. Wow. Yeah.
0: So. so,
1: but I mean, you don't see Glenn Becker or Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity kind of hung out a little bit once. Dr. Laura did a little better job hanging out. Um, Dr. Joy Brown just very accessible. Yeah, so since we've been, Lionel's there, always
0: hanging out. Since we've been there a few, a uh, few, you know, a few years in a row now, several years in a row, that we're we're becoming more of like mainstays there. So now you've got kind of the the people that are maybe toiling in the internet talk radio world who want to like kind of move up and or or make their shows more popular. They might come and ask us questions now, whereas before it's, it's you know awkward the first year you're there because you don't know anybody, and then you start to. You know, make some connections and it's it's much, much easier to go the fifth year than it is to go the first.
4: Year. And is there anybody in the industry as innovative as you guys with all
0: the, you know, the podcast
4: audience and the free to air? There are
0: some uh, shows that give away their podcast, um, but not a lot. Not a lot of them. Weren't I think, the
1: Young Turks there the one I time? think Dave...
0: Yeah, the Young Turks were there, but they're not even doing an audio show Yeah, Dave days. Ramsey releases the podcast. That's where you're going. He only does an hour, I think, of his show yeah. on podcast. Uh, so that's kind of... Ha- you know, he's a third of the way there. Um, and then maybe some of the smaller guys are doing it that I don't know about necessarily. Lionel will do an occasional one for free, but he also has a paid service. So most of them put their podcasts behind a pay- paywall, and we're
1: one of the only larger i guess medium to larger shows that uh, that doesn't do that i'll tell you it's those those podcast listeners are what make the show they're they're much absolutely they're, they're loyal they're, they're the loyal ones that are, as they could be
0: they're the, right they're the podcast listeners are more likely to listen to all of the shows right or more likely to listen to a show all the way through the one that they do download and uh they're more likely to spend money with advertisers and yep. they're more likely to become free talk live amplifiers yep. period so, it's because of our podcast listeners, is why we have 100 something radio stations. We've literally built the radios, the successful radio side of this show on the relatively marginal podcast success. I mean, sure, nobody cares
1: about our podcast audience uh, from an advertiser standpoint. They care about those radio stations. That's starting those... to change, though. Some, some
0: advertisers are coming on board now looking for podcast ads.
1: A little bit, but you know, they're, they're greedy for the, uh, right. for, the, for the radio stations, and the podcaster's kind of an afterthought, if, if at all, generally. Well, I have to say, the only ads that I feel
4: myself falling for are podcast ads. Why is that? Uh, I don't know why. Probably except I listen to the most of. I don't watch television that much. Mm-hmm. If I do, it's like Netflix with no commercials.
1: Usually a podcast is going to be more targeted to who you are sort of demographically and psychographically. And I suspect that means the ad is, is more targeted would be my guess. So
0: it's those podcast listeners, listener, and just, we also have radio listeners that uh, become amplifiers as well. But it's those of you who become amplifiers that really have uh, been the driving force behind uh, the success of this program. So thank you uh, to everyone who's done that. It's, it's great to finally be at 100 affiliates, and uh, I guess we're on our way to 500 now, Mark. Uh, <laughs> just like the old Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, Rush, better look out. 800-259-9231. We continue. You know, we,
1: we, I'm sorry before you go yeah. on. Well, that one time, I don't remember which convention it was at that we saw Rush speak, but I did ask. It was them. the first one. That was was that a talkers? Yep, the first one. We so we've seen to. Rush at two talkers then. I don't recall. No, but, I think there was another one that wasn't talkers. But anyway, no, go it ahead. was. What your point, I'm telling you because I remember the se- I remember the second time I heard Rush, irrelevant. Go ahead it was point. definitely at um, talkers. I asked him a question, and that was, "What's the next generation of issues oriented talk look like?" Basically saying, you know, hey, Rush, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to have to move on at some point. What's what's going to come next? What's the industry going to look like? And he goes,
4: <laughs>
1: well, me, of course, our numbers, um, you know, males, 18 to 54, whatever, whatever his, he quoted some numbers and basically saying, I'm the big kid on the block right now. You can't even talk about what comes after me. Well, yeah, I care about what's after Rush. What's, what's he? 60, 65, something like that. I don't that. know. It's a good question. I'm, you know, you're, you're 30. I'm 40. We're going to be doing talk shows after Rush Limbaugh's dead. Yes, I do care about what it's going to look like next, but he doesn't know. That's the, the thing well, of course,
0: it would be his answer that it's me that's what his show's about. The <laughs> show's all about him one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one let's talk to Jean listening in indie to w x n t Hello Jean thank you for taking my call. Sure go ahead with your thoughts
8: uh did you get the age of that young girl that called she sounded terribly young Christine,
0: I don't yeah she's probably maybe late thirties, early forties. I'm not positive maybe mid forties
1: yeah, I don't think she's a teenager
0: you don't. No. I know for a fact. I mean, her name is Christine Smith. She, she ran for president, for president of the
1: Libertarian, uh, oh, okay. libertarian nomination. Right, so she's well, got to be
0: at least 35 then if she ran for the presidential nomination, right?
8: You know, it's, it's it's for people that think like she does, okay, that makes me, a World War II generation, sorry that we won the war.
1: You're sorry that uh, – that okay, so you're well, sorry that you won the, won the war.
8: I, I I do get sorry because the lack – of courage of the American young people and I call anybody under sixty young mm-hmm. uh, is is frightening to me number one if let's say well in World War two I know very much about okay. <laughs> naturally uh my husband was in it, my brother was in it, my cousin next door were in it. I've got a cousin lying at the bottom of the ocean of the North Atlantic on a destroyer that went down near the end of the war. I have a a nephew, my cousin's son, his father was in both uh, World War II and Korea and Vietnam, and his son wanted to join the Marines, and he went over, and he was killed within the first six months. So I do think I know where I'm talking about what well, I know.
0: I think I know what I'm talking about. Well, what makes you about. say that young but people the, don't a, have courage? The reason I
8: said that is because, pardon?
0: What makes you say that young people don't have courage?
8: Because they, they, it was their complaints. young people's complaint about being drafted for Vietnam. They were running out of the country. Uh, they didn't want to say. They didn't want to get drafted. Do you they think they want should to, bring the drafts? They draft didn't want to fight. Let, let me get back to World War II. I want. I want to tell you what would have happened if we had not won that war.
0: Oh, uh, let me guess. Uh, we'd all be speaking German right now.
8: You've got it, buddy. And you so know cliche, what else? Well, so Gene, cliche, So no,
1: cliche. Let, let, let me point something out uh, here, <laughs> you, Gene. You, there's one other thing. Gene, I want. I, I want to address do you, that. Do you I'm know what? you know what the
8: Do you know Before what the Aryan race
1: is? White people.
8: That's what Hitler likes. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. if he had if he had gotten here, he there
1: would be have there that. would
8: have been no Asiatics. There would have been no. Uh, blacks, it's a bunch of fear right. Right. I, I, I understand that. that. I've, I've got, got that. that. But
1: you know, General Smedley but, uh, Butler. But the
8: girl says it's not worth it. What did we win? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, um, General Smedley Butler, the two time Medal of Honor winner. He's a Marine. He fought in World War One and uh, was conflict prior to that. I can't remember what it was. He claimed.
8: Why didn't you tell? Why did you let her get by? Gene, are we going to have a conversation?
1: I'm going to tell you, Gene. He said that the United States could never be invaded by Hitler, and I would have to agree. How would that happen? How would Hitler invade the the United States?
8: There was only one country left for him to take.
1: He was really spread thin, and you know the United States. Are you aware the United States didn't beat Hitler, right? No, if we hadn't gone in, if we hadn't
8: gone in,
1: it wouldn't have mattered. It
8: wouldn't.
0: He wouldn't have had anybody to fight. Stalin beat Hitler. Was Hitler going to roll through Russia? Was Hitler going to roll through Switzerland? Why didn't he attack Switzerland? By the way you
8: know? Hitler's State, like, well, it's a pretty hard country to get around with the mountains all around. That much was was true. And there's
1: also the fact that everybody's armed there. They're blessed by their geography. The United States is blessed by its geography. But Germany would have never made it over here. Hey, Gene, thanks for the call. The nuclear bomb that Hitler was developing, that was the biggest threat. I'd like to address some of her points here when we come back in hour number three. Free Talk Live.
2: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. <laughs> this is free talk live you can dial in toll free take control of the airwaves 800-259-9231 the sacral cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features on the site there completely free so enjoy those on us once again that's freetalklive.com joining you this evening it's ian and andrew Denmark. All right. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Coming up, a hundred dollars per branch. That's the fine that a county or city or government or whatever some governmental agency uh, has assessed against a church for pruning one of their trees. Uh, so or some trees on their property. We'll give you the details on that here in a little bit. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That we'll also talk to you about whatever's on your mind. And we are just talking for those of you just tuning in. And by the way, uh, want to welcome News Radio WGMD ninety two seven, the Talk of Delmarva. It's actually uh, we've been on WGMD on Saturday nights for a long while now, and they've added our show to weeknights as Sweet. of yesterday. So uh, welcome aboard. They're going to be you're, if you're in the uh, Delmarva area, there in the Delaware, Maryland, etc. You will be able to hear free talk live all week long, uh, weeknights from nine till midnight Eastern time. So I think they're going to grab the third hour live and then delay broadcast our, our first two hours. So hope that doesn't confuse people. Well, they'll figure it out. So, yeah, uh, yeah, so welcome aboard. We're glad to have you listening, and uh, thanks to the program director there, Dan, for, for hooking us up. In fact, I've heard rumors that his night t- nighttime host might be coming up to Pork Fest. I don't yeah. know if it's true, but uh, she says she's looking into it. Which that'll be kind of cool. Uh, so Is anyway. An angel? Yeah, Angel. 800 uh, 259 The girl has the snake from the, the Gadsden flag, tat- yeah. not tattooed, but painted on her toenails. Oh, it's like yellow, bright yellow. Uh, well, it she's had skin. I don't know if she has it right now, but it's on her Facebook profile. She's got the, uh, the the bright yellow on her toenails and then the snake coiled up on them. Pretty cool, man. That's a hardcore chick that would do something like
1: that. So did you want to talk about Jean, who yes, called in?
0: Yes, absolutely. The uh, older lady... World War II generation, the so-called greatest generation, uh, calls in to basically call everybody who's alive today uh, that's not in her generation a coward uh, because apparently not all of us are too enthusiastic about going over and dying for politicians – but I don't know if that's the only factor that should uh, be, pl- you know, factored well, in regarding whether or not someone's a I, coward. I,
1: I think that there's. <laughs> okay, so you're you're being bombastic. Um, I, I what understand part am I being bombastic? Th- I understand that World War II, to many people, is the good war. Uh, if and if there's a war inside of the last hundred years, World War II makes more sense than most. If you take it on its own, if you say some bad guy. Decided he was going to start wiping out Jews, which mostly we didn't know here in the United States. Mostly that that was an unknown fact. Yeah, that came out later. Um, We're going to start wiping out Jews and taking over Europe and all this other stuff. Remember, Austria voted 97% to sign up and be part of Hitler's Germany. So the people that say that Hitler never won an election... They're they're looking with a very narrow scope. Mm -hmm. Austria voted at 97 percent to be part of uh, Hitler's greater Third Reich or whatever it was that he was creating. Mm -hmm. uh, Hitler would have never gotten power if it hadn't have been for the intervention of the United States into World War One, throwing off the balance of power um, in that war and getting involved in the first place. If if Germany and the central powers hadn't have been able to be subjugated, was, was it by the Treaty of Versailles? Am I right there? I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, but I think it's the Treaty of Versailles that essentially put them under this huge war reparations, kept Germany, which was in a starvation state, in a starvation state for decades, uh, close to two decades. Then Hitler manages to rise through power through the democratic process and be the... Chancellor of all of Germany or whatever it was that he he was. That's because Woodrow Wilson went against his campaign promises of not getting involved in foreign wars. Americans didn't want that. Wait, is that because they're cowards? Many Americans didn't want to be involved in World War II. Remember – Though that she did was, have to have a draft. She was they? a young lady at the time, if, if not a child at the time that mm-hmm. World War II started. So the children, kids love wars. Wars are action. They don't understand. They don't have to fight them. Right. They don't have to fight them. They, uh, they, they don't understand the consequences in the same way that adults do. And World War II really made war good for decades. But the United States hasn't stopped fighting wars since 1941. Essentially, it's been a never-ending state of war. And what you can't do successfully is defend wars that have come afterwards korea the united states didn't have any and shouldn't have been involved at all uh vietnam shouldn't have been involved grenada
0: stop shouldn't being have been so involved. cowardly mark right
1: yeah even world war ii my
4: family's jewish and i would love for someone to explain to me how the u.s government has ensured has ensured my family's survival throughout those years and ensured that i exist here today
9: yeah,
1: you know, I don't know. Uh, it's it to me, it's a silly, it's a silly thing to say that you fought for freedom. Uh, you know, maybe. Leaving World War II out of it, and I think that that 's the best thing that can be done it, that you know the, the rest of these wars they haven 't fought for freedom for Americans fighting and going over there and taking bullets because politicians think it 's a good idea doesn 't mean that you 're fighting for freedom i am just going to fighting on, for politicians I'm sorry
0: mark i 'm not going to give anybody on uh, you know a, a leash on world war 2 i 'm not going to let them off that hook it 's uh, a much it's longer discussion. The president the, Roosevelt at the time essentially
1: finagled himself to get into that war. You'd have to look at the McCullough memo. Um, go ahead and look it up on Wikipedia. This is not in dispute. The only thing that's in dispute by historians is whether or not, not whether Roosevelt read it because they know that he, did, you know, that, that is a foregone conclusion. It's whether or not he considered it a good idea. The McCullough... Is this the eight-part memo? Yeah, this is the eight-part memo on how to get Japan riled up mm-hmm. to want to attack the United States. Right. How do you kick enough sand in somebody's face to make them punch you in the nose. So then you'll have an excuse. So then you have an excuse to punch them back in the nose. And that's essentially... And remember, the United States' involvement in World War II was essentially the the Pacific theater. The European theater, yes, the men who went and fought died the European theater, I'm sure it was important to them, but it was a much smaller contingent comparatively to the United States' involvement in uh, Southeast Asia and the Pacific theater. Russia, the Soviet Union, Stalin... Bad guys fought bad guys in the European theater. Hitler had to throw all of his stuff into the Eastern Front, the Ostfront, Front, in order to defend against Stalin, who managed to finally, you know, push back. Uh, that, that's the story. If the European, excuse me, the the Eastern theater of of World War II would be the largest war in history if it wasn't for the rest of World War II.
0: Now, there is one thing I agree with Gene on, and that is the idea that a lot of people are cowardly. But I don't blame them for it. You know, we're trained to avoid risk. We're trained to avoid uh, different situ- difficult uh, situations or dangerous situations. And in many cases, completely natural human reaction to a uh, flight. You know, fight or flight. Many people choose to fly so they can live another day. And I would never uh, besmirch another human being for wanting to do that. And they're not cowardly for not going
4: you know, overseas and killing people either.
0: Oh No, absolutely. It's, that's a smart thing to do as far, as far as I'm concerned. And what I see in my life are people who give great examples of courage, but who aren't killers. People who are very courageous – But are not following the orders of politicians. I'm sorry, but the people in the military do not have a monopoly on courage. Just because you sign up and you go to basic training and you fly over somewhere and you're put out in the street in harm's way or wherever, jungle in harm's way, wherever you are in a desert uh, in harm's way, doesn't necessarily mean you're the only one in the world with courage. We've got uh,
1: Michelle who comes. Or that on you're the show. able to comment on the uh, uh, on the idea of war and fighting, because the first thing that'll happen when we make comments on this on the, 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 the fighting that's going on around the world that's being done with tax dollars that we're forced to pay, uh, you know, at, at the threat of violence against us, that we shouldn't be able to comment it. Because boy, you boys ever been in the military? Yeah, well, I'm no, I'm, not, I I'm old
4: enough to go and die for these causes and pay for it,
0: but I'm not old enough to comment. Yep, it's courageous. To refuse to go into the military when there is a draft, to dodge, so-called dodge the draft at the threat of po- possible time in jail, uh, that's a courageous act. Right. It took courage to not go to war uh whereas when you know uh, it also takes courage to disobey the government in any way we've got michelle and myself uh that on the air will admit to not paying uh federal taxes that's a courageous thing to do anybody that doesn't pay taxes and especially if they're public about it that's an incredibly courageous thing because they're constantly under threat of violence from the u.s government the heroic Men and women that were arrested this weekend in uh, Washington, D.C. at the Jefferson Memorial for dancing in public when they knew it was illegal. They were then attacked by the police. That was a courageous act. And all of these acts that I'm describing are completely peaceful. And I would say far more in many ways courageous than what those people in the military are doing. Not to say there isn't courage there. Certainly there is. More coming up. This is Free Time. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight is Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. Oh, and those features include our webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact. The chat room uh, built into the same page. I think Andrew's been in the chat room uh, this evening. Uh, a little bit, yeah. All right. So you can go to cam.freetalklive.com, get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners, and watch and listen to the show. And you can do it all for free. Once again, that's Cam. Dot, free talk live dot com so we're kind of uh, recounting what happened at the end of the last hour when a, what sounded like possibly an octogenarian someone of the uh, World War ii generation she did claim that people younger than sixty were kids right uh, that she called young, in young
4: people was her term
1: okay
0: to go off on all of the young people for being cowards because I think
1: specifically she was upset with Christine Smith, who called in.
0: She did make a, a take a shot against all young people, though saying that uh, they were cowards because they don 't uh, want to be want to go to war, which of course is an incredibly collectivist statement. There are plenty of young people who are all about going to war. look who 's in the military uh, so anyway, there's some people that want to go to war and some that don 't and just because you don 't want to go to war doesn 't mean you 're a coward one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one in fact, I think standing up against the uh, the violence. That is, the state, the idea of these men and women using the threat of violence and actual violence against other human beings to get their way, standing up and non-cooperating against them like those people did in uh, D.C. when they danced this weekend and were arrested for it. That's, I think, an incredibly courageous act, and it involves no violence whatsoever,
1: at least on the side of the protesters and the dancers. So, yeah, if, if the enemy was ever without, I think the enemy is now within Um, As far as I'm concerned, the largest enemy to freedom in this world is probably the United States government. Yep, It's certainly the largest enemy to freedom in the United States is the United States government. Right. And the idea
0: that we'd all be speaking German right now if the U.S. hadn't gotten involved in World War II is on its face preposterous. Uh, There's no way Hitler would have been able to take over this country. I mean, logistically, to even get enough troops to come here and do that would be quite a trick. But even if he could, uh, then you would have had to deal with all of the armed Americans who are then prepared at that point to defend themselves in their turf?
1: Right. I try, I try to imagine the, um, you know, the D-Day invasion that went on in the northern beaches of, uh, of France, going on and say New Jersey. I mean, or all up and down the coast. I mean, you know, there's there's no way to take over in that way. So you get so so you get a stronghold of German troops in one county in uh, in in New Jersey. Well then, the rest of the country says, "Hey, there's German troops in New Jersey," and then they go and they crush them. You yeah. can't do it. They wouldn't. Germany didn't have the troops. The whole idea that if it wasn't for you know World War II, your, my name would be Hans, your name would be Franz. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just propaganda. It's just fear mongering propaganda, and it's cliche as far as I'm concerned. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue here and you can bring up what you want. Chris, listening in Canada, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me on. No problem, Chris. What's on your mind tonight?
9: Uh, Well, I was just going to address the World War II subject. Uh, You know, it's kind of moot at this point, uh, after all the great points you guys made, but uh, just a few things I wanted to mention uh, as far as, you know, Hitler being able to do that. uh, You look at his attempted invasion of Britain, uh, Operation Sea Line, I believe it was called. Uh, He had to, like muster like fishing boats and stuff all across like france just to get enough boats to like try and get like a couple or like you know enough people like you know theoretically enough people over to england in like you know a short enough amount of time to like actually take over any substantial area
4: right and that's after Uh, he took over the all the industry in the nation too all the car companies he took over their factories to start producing his war machines essentially
1: too he didn't have people to staff them nope
9: yeah yeah and like i mean you know just trying to like think of the d-day invasion like how many you know like you know vessels and stuff they had you know like the the allies had you know just off of france like just to get like a couple thousand people on the beaches mm-hmm. you know incredible uh, logistics just immense like yeah. it it's like it's impossible to even like fathom it but uh you know as far as his nuclear bomb like that's ridiculous too he was nowhere near that like uh, his scientists had given up on that, you know, well before the end of the war, and they were just looking at, you know, like nuclear power generation. But even that, they weren't really successful at. Were not his
1: so, scientists involved in the Manhattan Project? I mean, didn't we take German scientists and and turn them over to that? I mean, I think that the worst yeah, yeah, aspect. Yeah, well, most of them were
9: Jews, right? I,
1: I think. Well, so I, I I don't know um, entirely. I I suppose I can read a little more on this, but I think that the, I'm kind the biggest. Kind of nut about this stuff. I, I, please, I, I you know, if you know something <laughs> about it, I want to hear about it. Um, but. You know it seems to me the largest danger of World War II, like the rest of it's just a bunch of hooey, but the largest danger is this: if Hitler would have created a nuclear bomb to the level of Big Boy and Little Man, or whatever the heck they were uh, you know if if he would have created those, then it could have been an entirely different war
0: right well, thus far, the only country to have released any sort of nuclear weapons on another country would be the United States government, and that doesn't seem like a very courageous thing to do either. You're the good guys. <laughs> yeah, told telling
4: that to the it, Japanese. It, it's
9: absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, you just had no chance. And, I mean, you know, one last point. As far as, you know, people being cowardly, uh, I mean, you guys have made some great points about that. But uh, isn't, you know, giving in to fear kind of the complete opposite of, like, being courageous? You know what I mean? Like, when you
0: say giving into fear, what do you mean?
9: Well, you know, like, like the propaganda and stuff that would have been going on during World War II to demonize the Japanese, like, specifically... Um, you know, to try to rile everybody up to you know gear everybody up. For right, going. so you're
0: going to war because you're scared, right? Yeah, so exactly. you're going to fight the ja- dirty Japs
1: because you're afraid. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. The courage is the absence of fear. I see where you're coming from on that. I think the courage is how no, one no, no, no. acts huh. in the face of fear.
9: Yeah, yeah, like I, I would agree to that, no doubt. I, I'm just saying that, like, giving into your fear and like to go over and kill people that you know. Necessarily do anything to you. That's kind of I get where you're coming it, from. It, like it's not a huge point. It's just a little bit of a.
1: Yeah. I think that the Japanese were probably just as fiercely nationalistic at the time as the United oh, States.
0: Uh, as the United States was. There has so. to be nationalism in order to whip people up to go to war and S- kill other human beings.
1: So I, you know, and, and I'm not saying that every Japanese person was fiercely nas- nationalistic. How could one possibly make a statement like that? Right. But you know, I, I I think that this is kind of the uh, the foregone conclusion. I think the biggest point that's made here is that people claim that this was an attack on American soil that occurred in Hawaii, Pearl Harbor. Which was conquered land. I mean, if you take a look at the history of the Hawaii, the Sandwich Islands, the United States had no business being there and shouldn't have been there. But this was just its sort of manifest destiny thing, where it was going to take over the whole Western Hemisphere and the Pacific Rim.
0: Chris, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Jeff listening to W X N T in Indianapolis. Hello, Jeff. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Andrew, and Mark. Hey. Jeff. Hey, thanks
8: for
10: taking my call. No problem. Yeah, you the last or uh, the military-industrial complex, I'm sure you're well aware that it's not the only complex out there.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, but yeah. your tone sounds ominous. <laughs>
10: oh, for instance, well, the thing is, you know, you hear one side of the spectrum likes to harp on only that one complex, but the thing is there's also a whole bunch of others.
0: For instance, the uh, pharmaceutical... Um, Oh, um. Tell you what, think about it. We'll bring it back here in a moment. I don't like any of them. 1 800 259 9231. I don't know if they were voluntarily doing business, that'd be one thing. But if you're lobbying the government for favors and to use violence on your behalf and for the benefit of your company, then I got a problem with you. sounds like any lobby out there. Yeah, 1 800 259 9231. And by the way, what does it take to become a complex? Like, at what point
1: have you become a complex? This is the Free Talk Live Talk Complex. Free Talk Live. (laughs)
0: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up anything you'd like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Those features include our mobile site. You can go to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and our podcast. Once again, that's
1: m, as in Mobile.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take a take back control of your own money? And take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You could use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org bitcoins are going up in value all the other fiat currencies are going down we use coins.org
0: let's go back to jeff listening to wxnt and indy hopefully jeff you've had time to collect your thoughts you were talking about some of the other complexes out there not just the military industrial complex you kind of named the pharmaceutical industrial complex as another and did you come up with any others jeff he dropped off the line. I guess he could not. But nonetheless, I understand where he was coming from. He was saying that you know, a lot of people pick on this military industrial complex and they ignore the other complexes. And there are all kinds of other groups of businesses that benefit from their uh, political savvy and their connections. And certainly he's right about the uh, the pharmaceutical business. Those people are incredibly insulated from competition and uh, they receive major benefits from the, the government's existence, specifically
1: the FDA I think the thing that probably teases people off is that the the pharmaceutical company, although it uh, controls the marketplace and that uh, squashes innovation to some extent, drives up prices, uh, drives out um, you know competition, and does a lot of bad things. It doesn't slaughter people to get its good profits. point. Let's continue with Zach listening to WGMD FM
0: in Delaware. Hello, Zach. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening.
1: Hi. How are you doing?
0: Hey, what's on your mind
1: tonight?
10: Not too much. I'm just gonna. Uh, do you agree with
1: any kind war? Well, I guess there's the just war uh, concept, right? That that the idea that if uh, some evil nation invades the United States, that uh, you know that it would be just to to fight back, to the very least, drive them out of the borders or something like that. i I'm, I'm not against that idea. But well,
10: you're for the war in the fact right? I'd,
1: I'd, I mean, have to, I'd have to see it. I, I, I have a problem with the way the the, the Revolutionary War was fought. I think that uh, Washington's replacement of the militias with the Continental Army, uh, that there was that there were some things that were done wrong there. Some people will claim that, uh, you know, that Baron von Sturtenberg or whatever his name was, um, was, at, in fact, what saved the Revolutionary War. But I'm not sure that I agree with that.
0: I favor uh, self-defense. So I think that if you and your family is being attacked, whether it's by a military or by just some common group of thugs, uh, that I favor your ability to defend yourself and hire whomever you need to defend yourself. But what I don't favor is having a coercive, monopolistic organization out there forcing people by the threat of violence to give money to its operations. Uh, Whether I agree with its operations or not is another question. Uh, I generally don't but uh, i don't i don't support any organization that uses force so what about you uh, andrew do you think that war is a good idea
4: not at all however self defense is you know if you and your community feel that you need to defend your basically geographic location and you can come to an agreement without forcing anyone to pay for it right then you can then get out there and defend yourself, it's about, or your town even.
1: It, it's about the force aspect. I don't see anything wrong with somebody rushing to the aid of somebody, some other place either, as long as they pay for what they want to do. But I don't think you should go and uh, extract taxes from the anti-war advocates in order to fight your war. Do you does, know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, I
10: believe uh, well, I'd rather talk while I'm talking now than you know, uh, English or British, you know, if we did not fight, you know, the you know, the government of King George. I mean I think that was just justifiable that you could get. Uh you know, I mean Vietnam, my dad served, he was a hero. Um what well, I consider a coward is somebody that uh burns draft knows while well, my dad's overseas being a grunt, getting Asian orange and everything. They're like, you know
0: Well why why, yeah, why would why would you consider that cowardly? Why is it why is it
1: brave to well, go and my, do what a politician tells you?
10: Why why does my dad have to be over there but they don't have to go there.
1: Well, your dad didn't have to go. He could have burned his draft card and gone yeah, to Canada. He did
10: what the government told
1: him. What's that?
10: He to do what the government told
1: him. He did do what the government told what, him, right? that,
0: Why is that courageous?
10: Uh, well, I thought courageous, you know. Well, first off, America didn't lose Vietnam. It was South Vietnam lost Vietnam. We didn't know Nobody wins or
0: loses in this right. situation, dude. We're just talking <laughs> America about body didn't, counts. <laughs>
1: does not win wars? Everybody Politicians wins. do.
0: Everybody loses when it comes to war, man.
1: It's dead people. Well, do, you, do you think the Vietnamese felt the like they won? The politicians win wars.
10: Well, and as far as Americans being evil and stuff, I mean, you know, we're the only country with a nuclear weapon after World War II, and uh, we helped rebuild Germany. Who said we Americans were evil? Japan.
0: I didn't say Americans were evil. No, I'm talking about, it's I'm the government talking about you, I'm that, that, that does evil things. The people well, calling I'm
10: just themselves... Saying, dumb. I'm just saying that people need to realize that we could have took over any country we wanted, but we did not. What? Well, we rebuilt what? Japan and Germany.
7: Okay. Wait,
0: so, wait a minute there's wait a difference hold we- on, He said we could take over any country you mean when you say we, you mean the u s government After they could World take War, over 10. any country they wanted to After I think War, the 10. occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan shows just how difficult a proposition you're talking about. I mean it is, has not been a uh, cakewalk taking over these relatively undeveloped uh, countries
10: Well, what you say is uh, what's the difference between that and Germany is the religious aspect to it you didn't have. The Sunnis, the Shiites, the Kurds—it's very, very difficult. So you think the it. Germans
0: are just going to stand by as the Americans roll in there and take over their country? Right. They
1: didn't take over. They—you know—you're they, right about them, quote unquote, helping right. to rebuild. But wouldn't you like to be in charge of the rebuilding of something? That way, you can skim off all the t- all, all the cream off the top when that's what you want to do. I mean, the government right. is I a coercive that. force. They—they they took that. They didn't help build rebuild Germany. They stole a bunch of Americans' taxpaying money and then dumped it into Germany that they had bombed.
10: Well, I mean, I'm not talking about Iraq. I'm talking about war. I mean, what's going on mm. now? Are we even communicating Iraq here? Barely? I'm
0: not sure. Weren't you talking about Germany, Mark? And he's I'm talking, talking about, about Germany, but
10: you're talking about Iraq and stuff. I'm talking about Germany, what happened okay. after war, too. We so, had the nuclear weapon. We had the nuclear weapon. Nobody else did. We could have done a lot if we wanted to, but we did not do that. Okay, I don't know. We are a,
1: so we stop using the term "we." That's confusing me. The United States government dropped uh, dropped a bomb. You and I didn't drop any, uh, and the United States b- government could have dropped more bombs. I don't know how that would have benefited them after the war was over. They could have wiped out Germany and then had a, this 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 bare area that's glowing with nuclear uh, fallout. I suppose that they couldn't do anything with, but. Would that have been any real benefit? I mean, there's all kinds of vacant land in the West. I mean, if you want barren vacant land, we've got that in the United States. We don't need any more of it. Slaughtering people isn't going to benefit us.
10: I'm not saying that. I'm saying, well, shoot, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Saudi Arabia, you took over that land, we would have fast oil, oil reserves. I'm no, look,
1: that. but, but you, look, look at Iraq. I, quote unquote, the United, the United States government took over Iraq. Have you and I benefited in gas prices? Have gas prices gone down?
10: Well, there you go. So, if we went to Iraq for oil, I would think the price of gas, which was dollar, we didn't go to Iraq.
1: The United States government and its cronies with the oil companies went to Iraq, and yes, they got exactly what they wanted—more profits for themselves.
10: Right, but how the oil, price of oil is not coming down, though. Why do not you
1: make the more <laughs> Why would they have? want the price of oil to come down? Do you want the price of whatever you do for a living to come down?
10: Well, I, there's definitely wrong stuff in the speculators and all that was oh, old. I know that. that wasn't the thing. question.
1: That was not my question. My question was, do you want what you do to come down in value? Yeah,
10: but you said if we went
1: for oil, I didn't say we went for oil. But I, I well, am pointing out that do. if the, the if the United States government went to fight a war over oil, it was successful because your ass is paying more money for gasoline. <laughs>
10: But that's my point, though, about got I got no point. You, <laughs> but you, I mean, I don't
1: know
10: what the oil is. I mean, uh, as far as I know, George Bush was not, uh, very unsuccessful as regards to oil. I mean, he George failed. George Bush I was highly
1: done. successful. Take a look at his
0: no, life.
10: No, was not. It was <laughs> Eric Bush, though. Eric Bush, though. It
0: didn't do nothing. George Bush and Barack Obama have done exactly what they wanted to do. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it they have gone and they have assisted politically connected companies like Halliburton and Exxon or whoever else is uh, is involved they've assisted them in getting big big contracts and acquiring more resources and things like that and they've done it those country those companies have done
1: those things on the backs of the taxpayer right uh, this isn't about we it's about the politicians and you that's who the war, that's what the wars between here yeah, and one, you don't even know you're fighting it we're coming up this is free talk live Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. And their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you dial in now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free life. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Andrew. And Mark. All right, 800-259-9231. Coming up here in a matter of weeks. And I mean about three Three ish june 20th through the 26th it is the porcupine freedom festival andrew are you going
4: yes i am i didn't think i was going to be really? but
0: i pulled some strings at work and it's, right. it's happening are you going for just the weekend or the whole week I don't know. Uh, I work a lot, so I might go up just at the end of the week. That's the best. Time. If you have to be there at some point, that's certainly the best time to be there. That's when the bulk of, uh, of folks are going to be arriving and, and uh, partying. But Porkfest spans an entire week this year as opposed to just the, uh, the weekend because unofficially people have been showing up on Monday for the last few years, and so they just went ahead and expanded it out. Uh, you can go to Porkfest.com to learn more about this huge gathering of liberty-oriented people. Over- hundreds of people are registered already for the event. And we're still again a few weeks away, so it's not too late to get registered. We may eclipse a thousand attendees this year. Last year was over eight hundred people uh, came throughout the entire week, and this year uh, it, we're I think I think we're on target to eclipse that. I haven't had the uh, I haven't talked to the organizer in a little while though, but it's it's sounding good. There's going to be a lot going on. Single people, couples, families. There's stuff to do for everybody. Everything from adult parties to family fun activities. Agorism in action. People will be selling things, products and services selling them without permission from the state. They're just going and doing it.
4: Facebook says 996 are attending.
0: It's pretty good. I don't trust what Facebook says about anything. They said that 70 people would attend the uh, dancing protest in D.C. over the weekend, and it was more like a dozen. So, uh, But, you know, that's good, I suppose. I, I like the concrete numbers. The people that have paid the money for the registration, and the last I heard there was around
1: 600 yeah, I people. I think it's about 600 there.
0: Yeah, I that. have yet to do that. Exactly. There can be a lot of last-minute people, and of course, if you wait too long, you could probably do it the day of. The price might go up a little bit. You could just show up at Rogers Campground. You don't have to register in advance, but if you do register in advance, it helps because then they have some idea of how many people are going to show up and how many gift bags they need or whatever, goodie bags, whatever you call them. Anyway, so go to PorkFest.com. Get registered. There's a lot going to be happening, everything from musical events, family fun activities, competitions, uh, games, parties. It's a blast and your opportunity to meet the liberty-minded people that you hear about so often on this program. A lot of the hosts of Free Talk Live throughout the week will be in attendance. Uh, a lot of folks from other liberty-oriented uh, talk shows you might have been familiar with, like Stefan Molyneux. Uh, he's now appearing regularly on Adam Versus the Man. Adam Kokesh from Adam Versus the Man. Uh, he's going to be there as well. The guy that was body-slammed over this weekend by the DC cops. He'll be in attendance. Uh, presuming these folks don't get... Uh, pre- presuming Adam doesn't get arrested again this weekend at the, uh, the next upcoming... Uh, dancing in D.C. event and possibly held in a jail cell Let's until trial. Uh, so we're, we're hoping he shows up. He's planning on being there. And lots of interesting speakers and such. Jamie Crane uh, from Wheels Off Liberty is going to be there. And he will be He's drunk. kind of like interesting in, in that like if you're watching, say, a train wreck occur. A drunken train wreck. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. He's, he's promised he's going to bring some Jim Beam for us here on Free Oh, Talk. good. So <laughs> I just want to watch him consume it. A train wreck has been what uh, our Sunday show has been called. Is that right? Yeah. The one with you and, uh, and Nick Rider? shows. Yes. So, uh, and oh, speaking of train wreck, isn't that what Mandrick is calling his new sandwich? Uh, Mandrick coined the term train wreck for the Sunday show. Ah, okay. So he's got this bacon wrapped. Can you call it a sandwich if it doesn't involve bread? Because this doesn't involve bread. Uh, it's like a bacon bread thing. Weave. It's, not, it's a weave of bacon. Yeah, it's a of weave bacon. of bacon. Again, like closing whatever other deliciousness. One of these is, uh, on the inside. These low-carb sandwiches. Yeah, it's, like it's going to be a $10 sandwich. It's going to have something like a pound of bacon uh, involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, all kinds of... Neat- How could it be bad? Yeah, all kinds. Of- I'm going to probably get one and split it with somebody because I, can- I couldn't handle eating that much.
1: Uh, oh, that I much just bacon. couldn't.
0: That's a lot of damn bacon, dude. Eating a whole package of bacon as a- as a sandwich so be a lot of bacon yeah he's gonna be selling all kinds of stuff there's gonna be different food vendors uh, probably some drinks being sold it's gonna be a blast open cannabis consumption likely uh it's gonna be a good time go to porkfest.com get registered p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com as we go to paul in california oh by the way if, uh, if you go to porkfest.com use our discount code free talk live with no spaces so just run the words together and you'll save 20 percent on your registration
6: paul are you going this year I've got my registration in. I'm going to be part of the All Expo.
1: Uh, Paul, are you talking through a pillow uh, right now? Sounds like he's in a canoe. Maybe it's one of those uh, Pringles cans. He's he's actually got it up to the receiver of the phone.
0: Sometimes people have the little headsets plugged in and they think it's going to be helpful, but usually I think every time we've heard somebody on a headset, it always sounds better if you just got the phone
1: by your by your head. Sadly,
6: well, I'm I'm currently on the the the, the quote unquote public roads of the People's Republic of California, so this is the best I can do.
0: This is uh, not going to last very long. Go ahead, quickly. Make your statement.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was Fat Man and Little Boy. Uh, you had those backwards. Okay. Uh, I called in to talk about something you were talking about on Friday, but I just wanted to make one comment about the war thing, because you picked up most of this hour. Uh, there was one elected member of Congress who voted against declaring war on both World War I and World War II. Interesting. Only one person. Who was that? It was, a well, her name was Jeanette Rankin, and there's a statue of her somewhere in Washington, D.C. I can't remember what statue or what she's in, but she's in there somewhere. Anyway, on Friday, you had been talking about this guy who had been hassled by the cops for taking pictures, and the cops came up with this uh, chicken-dropping excuse of, oh, well, I don't know if that's a camera. It could be a gun. Well, yeah. actually, the U.S. Congress has outlawed cameras in the gallery precisely because some people who I believe they were going after um, uh, uh, independence or had something to do with uh, with Puerto Rico uh, actually brought in weapons disguised in camera and actually shot down from the gallery and into the floor of Congress.
0: And it brings a new meaning to the term "shooting video." Hey, I got to let you go, man. Thanks for the it. thoughts. Interesting. Uh, didn't realize that it actually occurred. Couldn't they ban anything that could fit a gun
4: inside of it? Then I suppose you're right. I mean, it's cameras for a reason. Beyond, legs. That you could fit a gun in there.
1: Toll-free number eight hundred two five nine. It's going to have to have a heck of a lens on it to have any kind of accuracy. I mean, sadly, handguns are not uh, weapons that you can you know hit accurately beyond say ten yards That's or true. something like that. So. You know, you're going to really have to have a long lens to get any kind of barrel length.
0: Hey, by the way, we were talking about the Civil War earlier and mentioned that there was indeed conscription. I said there was some more information. It's kind of interesting. We'll share that with you here. Uh, The Confederacy passed three conscription acts in April of 1862, or they passed their first in April of uh, 1862, and then a year later, the Union began conscripting. Government officials plagued with manpower shortages. Gee, do you think that's because uh, people in this country didn't want to fight with one another? Could be. Maybe they didn't want to fight their own families uh, and friends. So uh, they had manpower shortages. Regarded drafting as the only means of sustaining an effective army, and hoped it would spur voluntary enlistments. But, but compulsory <laughs> Why service. Why would that
1: be? I what about dra- the draft would spur voluntary enlistments? <laughs> I mean, what was going on up north? In fact, was the, they, they would the the rich people would. Pay people to take their position in the draft mm. for them. So you once again had poor well, people bearing the the. Uh, they address that the in way- a
0: moment. In fact, they uh, they didn't even have to in some cases uh, because of the rules. A compulsory service embittered the public, however, who considered it an infringement on individual free will and personal liberty. Who could cowards? How could they yeah. think such a thing? And feared it would concentrate arbitrary power in the military, believing with some justification that un- unwilling soldiers made poor fighting men. Volunteer soldiers despised conscripts. conscripts Conscription also undercut morale as soldiers complained that it compromised voluntary enlistments and appeared as an act of desperation in the face of repeated military defeats. Conscription nurtured substitutes, bounty jumping, and desertion. Charges of class discrimination were leveled against both Confederate and Union draft laws since exemption and commutation clauses allowed propertied men to avoid service. Now, a propertied man is a man who owns property. So if you own some property, hey, psh- you're good to go. Meaning the burden, of course, for fighting was left on immigrants and men with few resources. Yeah. Occupational, only son, and medical exemptions created many loopholes in the laws. Doctors certified healthy men unfit for duty, while some physically or mentally deficient conscripts went to the front after sham examinations. Enforcement presented obstacles of its own, mainly or excuse me, many conscripts simply failed to report for duty. States uh, of course back then they didn't have the convenient tracking mechanism. Yeah, they couldn't track people yeah, in the no same s- way security numbers right no numbers like that uh no government uh, income tax forms or anything else uh to keep a track keep an eye on you but now if they want to bring back the draft they're going to have a much easier time with it and in case you don't know that's the purpose of the selective service system when they got rid of the draft after the vietnam uh, war then they didn't shut down the mechanism that makes the draft possible the government bureaucracy that runs the draft still exists is still funded and is still sending draft cards to uh or draft registration forms
1: to all 17 year old males in this country you know i'm not sure that i I, you know i'm against the draft obviously but i i'm not sure that we've got that much more freedom in this country because the the draft's gone i mean i i think that You'll find that it is volunteer military where they essentially give paychecks to, to poor people who other, otherwise have poor job prospects. You know, interestingly, Mark, they actually had draft riots back in uh, New York in 1863.
0: Yes. Out of time tonight. Back tomorrow. See you online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com.
2: Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Niel Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.